Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain a leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. The issue is that people start to follow Jesus in their heart. And it seems to me like what I just heard you describe is once I get that dialogue going and get them looking heavenward, that's what needs to happen. And and it'll unfold on its own. And, and we'd be foolish to end it with a little pray Jesus into your heart in the last 30 seconds we're here. Respond to me on that. So here's a, if, if you want me to respond to that. So here's a very interesting thing. I just started up a new group for, for men on Wednesday nights and they're kind of the, the, the outliers. They're right on the, ed, right on the edge. One guy's hungry, but he doesn't want to do typical gatherings. And then his friend, his neighbor just became a follower of Jesus. His name's Chris Lambricks. And this dude is just fired up. He's like, we're, we're going to say, we're going to start looking at acts. He already read acts twice. So I was preaching during December and we were talking about the spirit of Christmas, the Holy spirit in Christmas. And I finished up with the illustration of chocolate milk, how the idea is like, you know, here we are, our humanity is the milk. Holy spirit comes in. It's the chocolate milk. The problem with the church is we're like the chocolate milk that sits on the bottom of the cup. But what the Holy spirit wants to do is he wants to transform us by stirring us in. So I just pulled this guy, Chris up baby, not even a Christian yet. And I say, tell me the difference between the milk. He drinks the one milk. He's like, it tastes like milk. I said, now taste the one that's stirred. And he goes, that's chocolate milk. And, and so I, in front of everybody, I laid my hands on him and I just said, Holy spirit, transform my buddy, do whatever you want. And he was just there, open heart, open hands. And like a week later, I'm like, I'm going to go to lunch with him. And I'm going to make sure that Jesus is his Lord. So we sat down at the majestic diner and we're talking and my heart's racing. I say, Hey man, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. Jesus is working in your life. I think today God wants you to really declare he's Lord. And he goes, he goes, he goes like this. He goes, he goes, Rob, stop. Two Sundays ago, the chocolate milk thing, Jesus transformed my life. And I felt like the Holy spirit just smacked me and said, I'm in control. As much as you try not to be in control, you still try to steal control away from me. They're my children. They're my people. They're my creation. And they're the, great, the greatest creation of all. Leave it alone. <laughs> we, all have, we all have that bent, in all fairness. So I can sympathize with that, but I'm telling you, there is that, that stupid evangelical nature that we got to close the deal when we know this that God has created us for his love and our worship to him. And, and what I hear you saying, and, and, I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's, it's the relationship, it's the dialogue that is introducing people to Jesus. And, you know, too often, and I've done this a million times, too often uh, we're sitting in a, in a church service, and then at the end we, we throw on this little three to five minute thing and then we're going to pray the prayer at the end 
the, the, my saving grace has always been my assumption that if I do pray that prayer with them, they probably accepted the Lord last Tuesday mm-hmm. while they were thrashing it out with their friend or, you know, whatever happened. And so I'm kind of going to seal the deal, but, but I, I think it has become um, almost an, an impediment because we're going to stop that dialogue so that we can force this, this self on people. Yeah. And it's the dialogue that we need to keep open. And that's, that's really been a blessing. I want to go back to, go, go ahead. If I can just say one thing, I think that's the difference. Like, I think people, I think in our evangelical world, and we've all heard this, that people belong after they believe. I've learned that when we allow people to belong to our church communities, that's when they believe. And I can tell you stories of a buddy of mine, Jerry, that, he has been following us and I see how Jesus is working in his life. But if I try to do that prayer thing with him, it's over. It's, it's, it's a scam. And so I'm just trusting the spirit of God to do the work that he begun in Jerry. And it was so on Easter Sunday, the night before Easter Sunday, my buddy Jerry texted me and said, Hey, just want to let you know, I love you all. I'm thinking, I didn't know how to respond. And I'm a, I'm a, I love you, man, type of guy. And I didn't know what to do. The next morning, I didn't even realize this. He watched our service and he says, your mass made my day. Like, uh-huh. let, let, let the spirit of God do his work. And I'm just learning that I just got to get out of his, get out of his way. Science is all about faith. Science, you, 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 you come to a theory that you believe in. And now you have to go back and test it, and then you can prove it or approve it. You know, uh, uh, approval might be we've tested this thing far enough, this antiviral drug, that we we can give it a shot. We we believe it, but we we had to test it. But first was we actually believed there was something to it. Is there, there's some reality? And he what he was comparing is this is how people how people come to faith in a laboratory. Is is they 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 concoct an opinion, and the same way as people come to faith in Jesus, that they they've heard enough that they go, this may be real, and now I'm going to try it out a little bit. I got to try it on for size. Maybe I'll pray a little bit. Uh, maybe I'll go to this church. Maybe I'll do whatever I do, and uh, hang out with these guys, see if they're honest. But that that's my way of. But well, what he's really saying is, you arrive at a at a, at a belief that's testable and then you test it and then finally you embrace it and we we kind of have that kind of flipped around we want to put the embracing first and now you can try it out you know we're we're gonna we're gonna disciple you after you made this decision to come to jesus i think disciple making is is what you're doing over those tables in that bar and that that we disciple people into a relationship with jesus we don't wait and disciple them after. Yeah. And I think, I think, Ralph, it's so important that we have to know the context that God has called us to. That's one example of how we do this. Yeah. I can give you other examples for like our emergency service people in our town, how we have done something uniquely different, but just as powerful. That every, every year that our emergency service people know that they are loved and they have a church that loves them. And I I think that's when it comes to all of these things is 
you know, Len, Len, Len told me this, Len Sweetie said, he, he challenged our class. He said, do you love your zip code? And I remember that day that it rocked me so hard because I really said, Jesus, do I love 07430? And that has been a call, not only to our church, but a call to our, our Northeast region of the Christian Missionary Alliance that I talk to all planters. Do you love your zip code? And when I do my trainings, I say, tell me your zip code. Tell me your zip code. Do you believe that God has given you his love for your zip code? Because if you don't, you may be in the wrong place. And I think that's part of like why we do what we do or, or even the approach we take if we just are, are pastoring the pastor vocationally, we probably need out. But if we are called the pastor in the places that God has given us, have we ever wept over our zip code? That's when we're, we're learning to be sensitive more so than maybe we would somewhere else. And I'm just so thankful for that, that I just don't want to do a, you know, a plug and play gospel. I want to come journey together to know Jesus. And you know, as we wind this thing down, I want to be sure um, that in talking about God in the bar, that we're not creating another plug and play gospel. Uh, what, what I see and what I was trying to hear, have other people hear from you with God in the bar is that this is about creating and fanning the fire of relationships. Uh, and it's tied to location. I mean, you know, wh wherever we are doing something missional, uh, the thing I like about God in the Bar is there are people listening to this right now who will not enter a bar because they, you know, have a, you know, I mean, some of our friends have signed a, a covenant that they'll never drink alcohol because they're a pastor. Yeah. And uh, Jesus did. And so did Paul and so did Timothy. So, you know, that's a whole other thing. But it, but that we would that we would kind of dig inside of what you said, and hear what you just said, loving our zip code, and then hear that we don't have to tie it up and put a ribbon on it. What we really need to do is engender conversations. And I mean, what you know, I look at Ephesians four. You just found a marvelous way of equipping your people to talk to their friend about Jesus, and you left it open ended, and 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 that's the power in it. And if somebody's hearing this and they're thinking, oh, how I can do that? Well, maybe you don't need to do it in a bar. Maybe you need to do it in a Starbucks but, or, or some other place in a, in a Mexican restaurant. How do you, uh, or, or something on your church campus, how do you get these people talking and then you kind of leave them alone? Or what you're doing is, which is amazing, you reflect back to them what they're saying about what you asked them about and, and then leaving it there. Uh, that's really good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to close this, but you got any last couple things you want to say to, to those folks out there listening? Well, here's a funny thing, Ralph. I don't even really like the taste of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Can, <laughs> I can, I can enjoy a beer. I can enjoy a beer, but it's not my, it's not my go-to drink. And so <laughs> that's what I think is what's so funny. Everyone just thinks like, Oh, Pastor Robbie probably just drinks beer all day. No, I would take a protein shake over a beer any day. That's so great. I say that joking around. Um, I feel like I feel like we're in an Esther moment or a Daniel moment, 
um, I shared this with you earlier before we even started, like we are in the heart of the COVID-19. Um, I'm in New Jersey. I know people who are in ICU. I know people, you know, we know of people who are passing. We know all of that. And for me is, if, even if you look at my whiteboard right now, my, 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 my dream board, God is saying, are you positioning yourself to do ministry within the context that I have called you to? And my biggest challenge to ministers is, are you allowing the Holy Spirit lead you and shape you to do ministry within your context so that the gospel can go forth? Because I believe this with all of my heart, Ralph, Jesus is coming and I want to see revival hit like never before. And if you study revival history, there's always something like a pandemic that hits before revival pops. Why not one more great awakening? And it always starts with the outliers. The revival never starts with the established order in the church. It's always the people who are a little bit funky, who uh, are, are maybe a little bit disdained by the establishment. Those, those are the, that's where it starts. You know, we lived through the, the Jesus movement and, and the thing started in the streets with a bunch of hippies. And, uh, and, and then the churches that were, the establishment churches that were willing to embrace it grew phenomenally during that time and they changed. Uh, those who rejected it, we watched shrivel and, and many died. And this is going to be no different. There, there are, are people, one of the things that I picked up on this week, I think from Ed Stetzer, is that 49% of churches have grown during COVID-19. Well, what happened to the other 51%? Uh, the 49% the, the are, are using Facebook and Zoom like crazy. Um, and, and, and they're struggling to do it. I, I'm talking to a lot of pastors are just, I talked to a guy today from a mega church and, and they're going all of our video technology it just gets in our way and we're doing this wrong but we're going to do it right and um so th there there's you know th there's that group that's going to miss out but uh you're right it's an esther moment it's a time for for for, for folks to stand up and do something differently yeah. this time that we're living in is phenomenally wonderful god's doing great things you know what's so cool is um, since you are saying that, I'm sending a text to my buddy who used to be part of the plant. And he said, I'll never find another church like this. I said, well, bring the plant with you. And I was thinking the other day of starting a digital church through him. And I just texted him. I said, we need to talk. Because, here's, well, here's yeah. the thing. In San Diego, we got guys planting churches. There's a thing called the Next Door app. Do you guys have that? No. It's a, so it's a, it's a freebie. It's in a neighborhood. You can get one going in your neighborhood. And uh, you, you, everybody just tells your neighbor about it. And then you go online. And now you have like a little, uh, a little intranet inside the neighborhood. And, and, and in my neighborhood, almost all of it is old people complaining that I think there's a drug dealer at Parks in front of my house. And, you know, all stupid things. Yeah. Uh, where I actually live. It's there was a rattlesnake sighted here, and there's a rattlesnake wow. sighting there. Because I, you know, but anyhow, um, people are using the next door app and they're going, I'm starting a, an online church in, in the, 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 the Lakeview at the Point neighborhood. If you're interested in joining, come to this. Well, 
again, it's an online church. The guy might as well be in in, in South Africa to, yeah. to, to, to join it. But people actually will online coalesce around their neighborhood simply because it's their neighborhood. Yeah. And then the chances afterwards of, of introducing people and having block parties and, you know, so doors are opening that we just never knew. Uh, pretty exciting thing. Yeah. I've, I've actually been really praying about that. That's it's so good to hear about this guy. My thought is, you know, we've had people from, you know, other countries saying, hey, how do we bring what you're doing to us? And you know how you said, like, I have a whole training manual called Reaching Your Local Context. My whole doctorate was done by this. So I have a whole training manual. So for me is the one thing that I just purchased this morning was um, a whole podcast studio so that I can really start getting our message out because I really feel like people are going to get tired of just watching and they're going to be doing, going back to more listening. And so um, I just bought a bunch of a bunch of equipment um, so that we can start doing this. Where are you going to lodge the podcast? I, I don't even know yet. Okay, I'm going to tell you where because I did the research. Write okay. this down: A cast, just the, the letter A and the word C A S T. Acast.com. It, it's unlimited. Uh, it costs a couple hundred bucks a year. Uh, wonderful, wonderful service. And I and I worked hard until I found that. Okay. And so if you if you start to run into some questions, podcasting, uh, get a hold of me. I'm, I'm, in fact, today maybe later on, I'm supposed to make a video on how to start up a podcast for my really? Byron because he's planting so many churches. And anybody that's running a network, that's who needs a podcast. Yeah. Well, with my whole launch ministry, there, there's th there's really three venues that I want to be able to do that. I'm going to check that out. Have you seen that new Roadcaster Pro? No. You should. So it's a $600 device. Mm -hmm. You do everything in one. I was looking at all the equipment, interface, mics, blah, blah, blah. I got a whole podcast top of the line studio for everything portable for 1040. And the guy's like, this is the most, the most, uh, professional you could do in your home mm -hmm. it's an all-in-one system it's called the roadcaster pro and so uh my church just gave me permission to go purchase that purchase two mics um and so i was actually looking for a hosting site so i'm gonna look at acast.com yeah um thanks rob that was really good thanks, rob. yeah ralph I, you know I, can i give you another little thing that we do which i think would be interesting is for you to know so we started a whole ministry to our ems services uh -huh. where again you know it was got like I, I feel like there's there's points of beginnings so we just told we have a lot of like first responders in our church and they kept saying to us like because we kept saying how do we minister to you how do you how do we minister to you and they said our town doesn't give us a lot of homage they really don't know how, and there's been a lot, a lot of conflict because it's a big community. So there's like four or five different fire, fire, uh, fire departments, two ambulance corps that just got in a massive fight. So what we did was we threw a huge cookout for them. And I grabbed the Coors Light, one of the worst beers ever. I stood on a cooler and I just said, we want you to know that we, we bless you and we love you. And that's it. 10 years later, now we are giving them a pastoral dedication 
every single year. And it started with the conversations. And it's been amazing because last year, before we did our little like, hey, we want to bless you, they actually stopped everyone and they honored us. They said, hey, this is the plant's 10-year anniversary. We know that they come to honor us, but we want to honor you guys. And they all started like cheering like crazy for us. Wow. And I think that's so much of the ministry is learning your context to do it right. Well, thank you. Thanks for being with us. This has been great. And thank everybody for listening. We hope we catch you next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.